1: Welcome to episode 52 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up and comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to Sir Puke for our newest five-star rating and positive review on iTunes. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend,
0: the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. As I was just saying, my friend, If we're going by weeks, we are officially a year old, right? 52 weeks in a year, so.
1: Yeah, very exciting. Uh, In the last episode, we discussed the proper etiquette that opening bands should adhere to. That was a really cool episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code P C Manage Mental and get fifteen. That's one five percent off your entire order. This week we talk about developing the image of your brand or your band. This is gonna be killer. So let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, I was digging around for stuff. I got something off of uh, Hype Bot, uh written by uh, Bobby Ozinski, who we've uh, referenced multiple times on the podcast, and something that uh, you know maybe has lost lost its luster, the image, the image of a band. You know, it's like in the '80s that was a real thing, and even in even in the '90s, like even the. The, the the Seattle scene was almost anti-image, you know, if, if if you will, but it was still an image. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Like, you know, those guys were wearing flannels and 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 uh combat boots and dyeing their hair. Like, that was an image, man. Like it wasn't uh, you know, it was planned. It was just the, it was just the opposite of what was happening with with the hair metal thing. And that's why it stood out because, you know, we were we were done with the the uh, Aquanet and bedazzled trench coats. <laughs> or, or whether,
0: whether we like whether we like it or not. I mean, it did make it way easier to just get up and get dressed, you know? Just got to throw on a flannel and a pair of jeans. Not that that was ever really my style. It was a little more hardcore, you know, hooded sweatshirts sure. and things like that. But, you know, holy cow. Those hair metal guys absolutely spent a lot of time getting dolled up, which, you know, I, I think – I think regardless, I mean, I don't know if images is lost per se. I think it's just it comes about in a little bit of a different time, you know, and that as you and I talk about all the time, you know, so many things have changed over the years. What's interesting is the fundamentals are all sort of the same, right? I think what happens is just, you know, such as great music usually ends up, you know, being the, the foundation. Okay. But the question is you know, where does the image actually come into play at back then you had to lead with image because, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the episode. It's sort of like you're judging that book by its cover. Now you have more access to other things earlier. So, but I think you and I would agree. I mean, image absolutely plays an important role in, in artists career and development.
1: Without a doubt, man. So the article starts off uh, briefly like this, While the music that you make creates the first part of your brand, what's usually overlooked by bands and artists is the second part, which is your image. So moving on to the article, number one, make sure your brand image accurately portrays your music and personality. If you're a biker band, you probably don't want a website that's all pink and flowery. On the other hand, the pink works great for Katy Perry. Likewise, if you're an EDM artist, you wouldn't want your site to show the woods and trees, although that could work well for an alt-rock band from Minnesota or someone doing music for meditation.
0: Yeah, I mean this is more or less a no-brainer. And I've got a really interesting aside. I was telling you, you know, I had an interesting conversation with someone yesterday, and I'll, I'll leave out the details, but you know they were ro- developing an artist back in the '70s, and this guy was in charge of radio promo, and he loved the music. He just thought it was absolutely <clears throat> incredible and amazing. And as he was sending the record out, people were saying, "Oh, well, we're not going to play that," you know. And then the comment was essentially, "The cover looks like you know the type of band that we won't play." I think he was saying it looked more punk. And this guy's like, dude, this isn't punk. I mean, this is rock. Like, you really need to listen to it. And again, the first reaction was just, well, the image of what we're seeing doesn't align with the music. Back then, and because of this guy's, you know, abilities and persuasive habits, it sounds as if he was able to get people to listen, and eventually that made sense. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think there's some absolute uh, truths in here. Simultaneously, I think what I like is when people kind of blend or, you know, cross, I guess, imagery and sort of, you know, are out on the forefront and create something that no one's ever done before. I think that's a really interesting part of, of image as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I like what you're saying there. that it kind of uh, makes me think of like, maybe summarizing this as first impression, To where someone may not know anything about you, but you want that first impression to speak to who your potential audience is. So making sure that that first impression is in line with who you are musically and who potentially your audience is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Number two, keep it honest and simple. Don't try to be who you're not. It's too hard to pull off. You are who you are and people will either love you for it or they won't. Best to keep things simple and be honest about who and what you are and where you come from. If people like what you do and can relate to you, that will shine through and your fans will not only find it interesting enough but will totally
0: be fascinated as well. Yeah, I mean this is – this goes back to being genuine and you and I talk about this a lot on the show, you know, depending on any of the topics, you know, I think the successful artists that we've seen are the ones that, you know, present something genuine combined with, you know, talent. Um, and so this goes back to if you're, you know, if you're going to pose 99 times out of a hundred, somebody's going to identify you as a poser. Yeah.
1: Look, if you're inspired by Pantera, and you're a Southern metal band, but you're not from the South, don't wear a cowboy hat. (laughs) 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 Uh, Number three, differentiate yourself. While it might seem tempting to proclaim that you're just like Coldplay, that doesn't immediately make you their equal in the eyes of the public. The fact of the matter is there already is a Coldplay. Why does the world need another one? It's their brand, not yours. The only way that a brand can be successful is to differentiate itself from the competition. A great example is the seminal punk band The Ramones, who decided that all their songs would be as short as possible and played without solos. There must be something that makes you unique in even a small way. If you can't find it, it may be time to go back to the drawing board.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I think there's room for experimentation, especially in your youth and infancy. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, there's a time and a place where image uh, becomes so important or, you know, more important now than it it did. The the timing is just a little bit different. And, you know, part of the beauty of living a life, you know, without – constantly posting photos of yourself or, you know, videos in this, you know, the oversaturated social media lives that we all lead now is you could experiment, you know, you could play with stuff, you could be able to find your own unique image before you presented it to the public. That's what's a little bit different now is I feel, you know, especially with developing artists, this is a process, you know, yeah, if you like Pantera, you know, as you indicated, you're going to look a a certain way, but of course, now you need to differentiate yourself. So how are you going to experiment with that and, and then present it? That's almost impossible now, but I don't think that that fundamental, that process should be lost. You shouldn't be afraid to experiment with things to find what is genuinely coming from you, but also, you know, does differentiate yourself. What's your, what's your thoughts there?
1: Well, I mean, to me, this is the most important one. Because in an age when music is streaming and all music is at everyone's fingertips, you have to do something to get people's attention. You have to do something to to rise above the the wealth of content that's out there that's competing for you know people's people's life. And um, so I, I feel that the you know being able to do something different, even if it's just slight, like I, I'll give you an example, like since he brought up the Ramones here, like I recently went and saw one of those Misfits shows, you know, the Misfits reunion uh, yeah, absolutely. shows or whatever. Yeah. And and not, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the Ramones and the Misfits, right? And, and, and for some reason I only kind of put it together when I was there watching it. And I was like, they're the Ramones with like horror lyrics. and, sometimes it's that. And, and I say, and I say that because it's like, you know, both band songs are really short. They're really catchy. They're really strong in melody. Um, the musicians aren't strong of technical talent, right. But they write amazing, catchy, short songs. They don't need to rely on solos or, you, you know, anything. It's just, it's just about in your face and getting it done. And, uh, and I thought, and I was thinking about, it, and I go, they're the Ramones with like horror lyrics and like and, and like in a, in a different type of image, right? And and so it's like, but that's all it took, right? That's that that's the that that's the small little difference of like stylistically, they're in the same. They're, they're they're from the same fabric right they're created from the, the the same blanket and and they're coming and they're coming from the same you know part of town you know uh, you know part of the world you know so potentially inspired by their environments but the misfits took it a, a, a different direction by just lyrically coming from a different direction and uh, it doesn't mean anything i was just pointing it out cuz he he brought the ramones but it's a good example of you know don't be scared by someone saying you need to differentiate yourself. And you're like, oh, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Like, where do I begin? You know,
0: like, yeah, it's not that I, no, that, that's a really good point. And it's astute observation between those two bands who, you know, I think we both agree are, are both legends and, and amazing bands. You know, I, again, I, I think it, it's funny. There was a time in my life when I, I pretty much thought that every good premise and plot for a movie had been taken. And this was in the 1980s. You know, um, (laughs) yeah, you know, I, my, my question to you and, and I don't know if there is an answer, but I mean, do you have any modern examples of people that you think are doing a good job of differentiating themselves stylistically? You know, things seems to me like there's so much that's been done. Is there a way that, that somebody's doing it within the last decade that you're like, man, that's really spot on.
1: Uh, you know, I feel like I see a lot of it in, uh, in urban. Um, there's, there's a guy, there's a young kid named little pump that's, uh, out right now. And like, I look at that guy and I go, that's a rock star. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just look at his image and his thing and, and I just go like, he's the new rock star. He's, he's doing something that's setting himself apart. You know, he's got like, Crazy colored like dreadlocks, and um, you know he's got face tattoos and two ro- two iced out Rolexes, and you know I mean it's very urban, you know in stylistically, but like I feel like he's doing he's in a very crowded space, but yet he was able to do something different enough. Um, to capitalize on who he is in rock in rock i feel i feel like we're a little challenged and i i, I feel like part of part of the reason why we're feeling maybe a little slump uh, in the action right now as as uh, urban and pop dominate the streaming world of which we're all having to move into i feel like I would like to see more innovation and and more uh, uh, differentiation in hard rock and metal like in that world that we live in I wouldn't mind seeing something a little more out of the box
0: personally do you you think that's part of the appeal of a band like baby metal for instance because it
1: is so ridiculous yeah absolutely
0: yeah have you You ever have you ever seen that band star set out of curiosity I have not yeah, I saw them at Rock on the Range last year, and, you know, I was familiar with their music, friends with, you know, the people that were working with the band, and, you know, it just, you know, obviously, honestly, just kind of watched, the, the, you know, sort of a phenomenon, doing very well, sell a lot of records, get radio play, but, um you know, they had a really unique stage setup where, uh, you know, it's very... Um, Uh, You know, space like kind of influenced, I guess, you know, star set would would make sense with that. So they had dudes dressed up as like astronauts and the drummer was in this kind of insane, you know, plexiglass box that had all these different color schemes going on. And, you know, I, I will say, I mean, without this is just from one observation, it seemed like it was genuine um, you know, like the, this, the guy who's in charge, who I guess is the singer, who is the visionary. It seemed like, you know, that was sort of his genuine thing and it looked like it was very different. So, um, I'm sitting there, man, that, that seems a lot easier and a lot less, uh, committal than face tattoos. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and look, and, and us talking about image, it's, it's like, I don't feel like it has to be something so over the top, like, a slipknot or an in this moment or an avatar or or a star set you know what i mean like i i don't feel like you have to think of something so far like out of the box it could be something considerably much simpler so i don't want i don't i don't i just the purpose of this episode isn't to say how can you be more like kiss if i i would say it would be more like how how can you be more like I can could be more like Nirvana, like yeah, I,
0: you know what I mean. I, no, I totally agree, and I think that's a really good point to make before we move on from how to differentiate. You're right; you don't have to become something that's so extreme that no one could have ever dreamed of it and cost millions of dollars, or I mean, millions is of, of course you know more, but you know, it, it's like you don't have to completely invent something brand new, although. It is cool if you're able to do that and it's genuine, but you're right. Little tweaks. How can you, you know, and and I think what uh, the point I was trying to make with the star set was it felt very genuine. Could be fake. I have no clue. Maybe, you know, somebody out there in listener land knows the guy and is like, it's all, you know, it's all an act, which is fine, too. It is a little bit different, but you're right. The main focus, especially you know, since we've got so many listeners, you know, it is just really trying to pay a little bit more attention. And you've got your influences, right? All of us have our influences. We look to artists to whether they're young or old for inspiration. How is it that we're not just absolutely copying those? How is it that we're taking the foundation that they've laid and tweaking it for what's unique to us?
1: Yeah. Uh, And then I can kind of I think I could combine these next couple. So number four, number five, and number six. Keep the look consistent. Create a markable logo, and great photos are a necessity. Um, you know, I feel like these four, five, and six—they all kind of are saying the same thing. Um, in that, you know, you want to you want to be consistent with your presentation. And your logo and your photos and your website and your social media, all those things need to be a consistent presentation for you to try and get your message out early on. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, I think we've talked in the past about, you know, remarkable logos. We've done whole episodes on, on that stuff. Um, you know, photos, if you're posting things on social media, I think everybody, well, maybe not everybody knows, but engagement is much higher when you're actually using a cool photo. You know, how many times have I had artists go through and post their ad mat for their tour and get very little engagement? You know, they're promoting the tour dates or, you know, geo-targeting a tour in a specific city. And when I've said, hey, let's switch it up to a great live photo you know, all of a sudden the engagements increase, whether or not more people are coming to the shows, I can't tell you offhand, but we at least see the engagement on the post itself. And it's got to be, you know, great photos. I mean, you know, part of image is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we judge things by what they look like, you know, those of us that, uh, you know, we've done, <laughs> it's not the only way we judge things, but we all have initial impressions based on what something looks like. And so great photos are an absolute necessity, remarkable logo. And then the consistency is something we talk about all the time. You know, you got to keep things consistent. I mean, I've worked with so many acts where we've come up with a great, great logo or symbol and have just, you know, said, look, it has to be on every single thing that we do. You know, there's no exceptions. It's got to be on the album artwork. It's got to be on the ad mats. It's got to be on, you know, whatever else we can come up with, the merchandise, you name it, because that's what reinforces this brand over time.
1: Yep. And moving on to number seven, for people that think image is bullshit and it should be all about the music, let's talk about the music. Give away samples. Learn this phrase well, as you will hear it repeated frequently your music is your marketing that means that you can't look at your music as your product it may bring in some money eventually but not all that much in the grand scheme of things remember that 90 to 95 percent of the money that a major artist earns is not from recorded music it's from concerts merchandise publishing and licensing
0: yeah I mean one of the funniest things that uh Misha from Periphery used to always say was we're a t-shirt company that makes music um yep <laughs> and you know I mean it's a very great point I mean you know obviously those guys spent a ton of time and focus on their music but Inevitably, it was a loss leader. It was what allowed people to get attached to their brand, and that's why things like a logo with a cool symbol was something we focused so much on. Reinforced it, put it on merchandise, which allowed us to sell, you know, a, a lot of those shirts. So this is no secret in the space that we're moving into. Uh, you know, especially a streaming a streaming economy where music is free essentially you know, this is the loss leader for all of the rest of the things that you can monetize. So no, no doubt about that. And it's gotta be good. I mean, good music shines through.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, like we, we joke, right. But I always say that something similar to what Misha says is that like, I'm not in the music business. I'm in the ticket and t-shirt business, you know? And, um, because that's, that's what we're doing. Like we're, we're door-to-door t-shirt salesmen. Look, I mean, the thing of it is, is you're not going to make much money for music if your masters are owned by a label or, or, you you know, you don't retain your own publishing. You know, these are things that are we're going to see change in the next five years as streaming becomes more the, the way that it is. You're going to see more people have the ability to retain their masters and retain the rights to their publishing. So that's going to be that's going to be interesting. However, the point that we're making here is is that your music is your marketing. You you're not going to be making much money from it anymore because it's no longer a physical product. It lives in the cloud. It's it, it, it you know it, it can it dissipates within the, within the air. It's not It's not a tangible real thing anymore, um, with the exception of you know whenever you make a vinyl product or there's a pre-order, if you have a fan base that that likes to collect and likes to hold that physical product. But by and large, we're moving into an arena where music is just at everyone's accessibility on their on their phones or tablets or, or wherever. So, um, you know, it's important to know that, um, you're, and I echo what you're saying, Mike is the music must be good. But, and when I say that, I don't mean that you have to lock yourself in a room and be technically amazing. Um, and I know that we've mentioned this, you know, many times before, but it's just like, just, just be real. You can focus on your weaknesses, your strengths don't have to be everybody else's strengths. You know, when you look at when you look at the the, the birth and the growth of urban music, I mean, hip hop and rap in general. I mean, they they weren't singers; they were rappers, and their strengths was their flow and their rhymes and and the beats or whatever. But they they weren't trying to compete with like the the R and B and 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 soul, like it, Aretha Franklin. Was on one level, right, and then you, you know you've got Grandmaster Flash on the other, two very different things, and one isn't trying to be the other, nor nor could it. When you look at the you know the birth and and the growth of uh, of grunge or whatever, right? Like we were saying earlier, it was the it was the polar opposite of what was happening, and technically, in a lot of ways, maybe they weren't as good as musicians like Kurt Cobain wasn't as good a guitar player as say, Stevie Ray Vaughn or Eddie Van Halen, right? But that didn't matter. He wrote good songs that spoke to a generation. And with his music, he created a
0: revolution. So um, no, all of those are fantastic points. And I think, you know, that is the the I mean, music is subjective, right? And it's not based on technical proficiency, you know, in the way that certain other professions sometimes are. But even if you look at, you know, a sport, for instance, you know, you can have, and again, I'm whatever, you can have a guy who is, you know, very accurate at throwing a pass as a football player. You know, he's going to hit the same target. Thinking of that, uh, you know, the big, big tire hanging out, and you could throw it through there nine times out of ten. But you know, then there's these visionary players who, you know, maybe they're not as technically proficient. They're gonna hit it, you know, seven times out of ten. But they're gonna create something, you know, create opportunities. They're gonna be able to think on their feet, and that's the same thing as we're talking about here. Like, I mean, Kurt Cobain's a perfect example. No, he wasn't the best guitar player in the world, but man, did he conjure up an energy! and put it into a catchy freaking, you know, (laughs) place. And that is better than any technical proficiency. You, you know, you can ever have in, in my mind. Without a doubt. Final
1: number eight, cool is never declared. You cannot proclaim how new and unique you are. If such a statement is in fact true, people will find out soon enough and tell the world. You can use quotes from other people, but telling the world that you think you're cool does not make it so.
0: Man, wish I had learned that one uh, (laughs) much earlier. No, I mean, I think that's, you know, you and I have both seen it too many times and it goes back to kind of posing, you know, Uh, those who, who want that limelight and are desperate for it, you know, are going to be the ones that it isn't genuine and they're going to feel like they've got to go tell everyone how cool they are. So, you know, I think it's, it's an exercise in humility, you know, write great music, have a great image, do it consistently and let other people figure out that you're cool. It's going to come in time. You know, you can't rush greatness.
1: Yeah. And, and like you were saying, music is subjective. Cool is subjective, you know? I mean, like, there's plenty of things that I don't think are cool that don't speak to me uh, on, uh, on an emotional level, but plenty of those types of bands and artists or whatever, you know, sell out arenas and sell millions of records. Right. So it's, it's subjective. And, And then also too, I mean, like think about like the nerd quote unquote culture that is so ginormous now that was like, you know, like, me growing up in school, like being a nerd, like that wasn't cool. Like you, you weren't cool. If you're a nerd now you are, (laughs) you know, and, and stuff. So, so, you know, I mean, I think the point here is, is like, don't try to be something you're not. Don't, don't try to, don't try to pretend to be cool if you're not, because man, in a lot of ways, maybe what makes is going to make you different is the fact that you're not cool um and we've seen that a lot of times and i i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that just you know just be be genuine and real uh and and i think that's the sentiment
0: no i mean look i i would imagine and and i don't recall you know all of the the unfolding of the events but yeah i mean we've talked about kurt cobain and nirvana and that's because they they did have such a profound impact on music especially you know at a certain time that you and i were into music but it's like they absolutely weren't "quote unquote" cool, uh, you know, in 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 comparison to hair metal, which was cool at the time. But eventually, the things did stumble. People got tired of that hair metal. They were looking for a new aesthetic, and this was it. And that cool, you know, that became the new cool, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool, <laughs> uh, without a doubt.
1: Well, folks, that concludes episode 52. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts?
0: Oh, way too many of them. First and foremost, find me on Instagram and Twitter at MikeLoop. Uh, secondly, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. I understand that, you know, Apple Music is not necessarily the only place people are listening nowadays. We are also on Spotify, although I don't think you can rate and review uh, podcasts on Spotify. But more importantly, tell a friend, you know, this thing is, is continuing to grow. And Bosco and I are super proud of it and make the commitment to do it. And we need your help, you know, word of mouth. Just continue to, to get it out there for us. Two more things. One is uh, I do have a coaching platform that covers a lot of the type of stuff that we're talking about today. One of our courses, 60 Days Designable, talks about the 11 assets that we've identified and how to work on them and hone them. So they are in the best shape possible as you're trying to grow and develop your career that's what makes somebody signable and it only takes uh 60 days uh, to do it Uh, we've also got this fantastic 2018 coaching intensive where you will be able to see in a real time capacity what the relationship between a developing artist and a manager looks like we are going to be rolling this out starts January 24th it's not too late to sign up but it's really unique I've never seen something like this where you get to lift the hood of the proverbial car and take a look at how we function with our artists the tough conversations we have we focus on things like this uh, we talk about you know the relationships that we develop, and I'm super excited to be able to show that to people, um, you know who are who are willing to, to make that commitment in their career. And then lastly, you know, Blasco mentioned at the top of the episode, Rockabilia is really a great supporter of not only this podcast but Jabberjaw Media. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I've had the pleasure of talking to their rep over there. He's an amazing guy. He's interested in supporting you know uh, art. That includes podcast hosts like ourselves, the bands that you know we cover on the network, as well as so many of the bands that Glasgow and I work with. So really, you know, we've got that code for you, PC Managemental, entitles you to fifteen percent off. There's no bootlegs, all officially licensed. In fact, at our email, ask Blasco, if you buy something off of Rockabilia, please tell us. We'd really like to be able to go and show that back to them, you know, in a way that we're making an impact in supporting them the way that they've supported us. So, other than that, my friend, Mr. Blasco, 52 weeks, even though we've been at it for, you know, more than a calendar year, this marks, you know, that, that, uh, that demarcation. I am honored that you and I are able to talk each and every week and you come up with such fantastic topics for us to cover Uh, I'm hoping there's 52 more out there for us my brother
1: yes thanks everyone peace This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians,